Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the May 23rd edition of the PFF Forecast. We've got a great episode here because we're going to talk a lot about this Julio Jones trade discussion. Some of the what it means from a Falcons perspective, from a bet perspective. You know, We've bet, obviously, Matt Ryan uh, to win MVP at some really nice odds. So we'll dive into all of that. Talk a little bit about the mechanics of trading for you know, great players on big contracts with draft picks. We're going to get into a couple of season-long player props. We're going to talk a little bit about college football futures. Yes, that's right. You heard this correctly. I'm going to allow like five minutes for Eric to wax poetic. We'll talk uh, a little bit about some Heisman futures, and then we've got some recommendations on the back end of that. Let's rock. Before we get started, got to tell you about a couple of good podcasts. If you like this podcast at the PFF Podcast Network, Ian Hardett's Fantasy Football Podcast. It is beginning to get into fantasy season. It's never too early. If you try and cram, just like for anything, you're going to feel like you know nothing. So start now, slow and steady. By the time your draft, exactly. By the time your draft comes around, you'll be good to go. Ian Hardett's Fantasy Football Podcast. They're short. They're sweet. He had DeAndre Swift on uh, last week, and that was actually just awesome. I'm so excited for this fall. Last year we 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 didn't even have we didn't have Ian or Andrew in the fold here. Now this fall, a full year of having them. I'm excited for what fantasy so is capable. Good, so much good fantasy content. This Ian, fall. Kevin Cole, Nathan Yankee, yep, Andrew too. Erickson, they're all killing it. So go to pff.com or wherever you get your down uh, download your podcast and check that out. I got to commend you. It's 90 degrees outside in Cincinnati, but that did not get in the way of you wearing a seemingly not 18 year old sweatshirt nice uh yeah i mean we are moving houses too so <laughs> uh this was the this i left this behind to make sure to to yeah. you know to, to you were ready look okay on sunday but yeah it is it is really hot outside it's little, like little uh, sweat taylor though. Little, yeah emphasis on sweat it's it's warm i will say this um i'm i'm excited about it i'm not i'm not complaining uh it's not that humid yet and we can we can do a whole podcast on um, right. humidity and its impacts, but we're not going to. But I'll commend you. You're. We talked about this on Wednesday. You did not forget. You committed to it, and uh, I'm committing proud of you. to the bit, man. Committing I'm to the bit. You. Are you? Are you? Now that the the weather is heating up, are you like? 
with the NFL is sort of cooling down, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting. We were talking about this as we were prepping for the show, and it's like there's not a ton from an NFL perspective, but you've got NBA playoffs, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm betting on that. Um, not nearly the same, you know, limit size that I would for NFL bets where I feel more confident. But um, one of the cool things about the NBA and about golf, and I've got Mickelson at three to one. I'm hoping to come back and bet Kepka at some point, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, is I feel like with NBA games, you get this really great sense of where teams are at based on like whether they're making threes or not, and you're able to bet them live fairly well. And I know this is like it sounds super rudimentary, but look at the Celtics Nets game. Like we, I told you, I was like I bet the Celtics plus eight. They come out, they're making threes, and the Nets can't make anything. And I like tripled my my bet on Nets minus two and a half when it got down to two and a half. Yeah, yeah, and and that's I I actually got burned on that in a in a, a Liberty Sky game. Liberty like made Wait, every. Well, and you have to tell people what sport that is. WNBA. I they they were the Liberty made like literally every single three in the first half, and so I bet the Sky. Um, and then just what happened is both teams couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the second mm. half. So then they stayed, uh, both teams, right? Like, so one, one team mean reverted and the other team, uh, kept going in, in the wrong direction. So that was, that was interesting, but yeah, you're right. I mean, though, when, when the game is sort of flowing that way, um, you, you do get a, a fair amount of leverage from just regression to the mean that you might not get in the NFL because the NFL is less free flowing. There are fewer possessions, mm-hmm. you know, it, College football, you might get a better idea, you know, when like an Alabama is down like fourteen nothing that they'll come back and win and possibly even cover the spread. But you know, in the NFL, the teams are so close together that like early noise often affects the the result of the game um, way more than in a sport like basketball, which has you know hundreds of possessions. Yeah, what I'm thinking now about the NFL and like if you were sort of putting together a thesis for how you would bet things live, what's the because to me, three-point shooting, like in the NBA, it's such a huge thing. And the, the, when Marcus Smart hits a three-pointer, you go, oh, that's a false positive, right? Yeah, for what, sure. What to you is that in the NFL? Uh, I mean, like a pick six is probably one where like if a, if a team throws a – so there was that Seattle-New England game last year where Seattle's five-point favorites yep. on pre-flop, and they throw a pick six right through Greg Olson's hand to the first play of the game or something, and they're down 7 nothing. They're the better team. You know, you, th- that should be a, a spot where you want to go uh, and, and bet live. Um, but it is really hard. I mean, I would say, um, you know, another way to also think about it is if you have long drives that end in turnovers, uh, you mm-hmm. can get a pretty good – uh, gate, you can get a pretty good price on the total. Like if you want to yeah. go over, um, like if a game zero zero at the first quarter, and it's because I think the game that I, I'm thinking of most acutely was Buffalo San Francisco played in Arizona last year, where the total was like 50, let's say, mm-hmm. and in the first quarter Buffalo drove all the way into inside the five and turned it over. San Francisco drove the ball all the way inside the five and turned it over, and then Buffalo I think they did the exact same thing. And you're like, okay, well this game doesn't have a high score right away, but it has all the, it's not like the defense they're dominating, it's just noise. So like anything where you can be like, okay, the noise has really affected everything here. That's I think where you want to gravitate towards um, when you're trying to make uh, live bets. Can I tell you my favorite one? It's drops. I love 
when there's a team with a good offense fundamentally. The Chiefs have done this a couple of times, actually in the Houston game a couple of years ago in the playoffs. And Demarcus Robinson on the first like three drives of the game. Yeah, yeah. that was. And, I, and I think Travis Kelsey dropped one too. Um, but we know, you know, drops are such a we know from game to game, season to season, are such an unstable thing. And in game, it's a very. I think drops are viewed as more of a stable characteristic of a team than they should be. Yeah. Whereas, you know, even a pick six, it's something to monitor, like how much does uh, the line actually move? Okay, we're going to get, that was a good discussion. We're going to get into the main topic of this podcast, which is this Julio Jones trade rumor. So let's kind of set the table here. As far as you understand it, because there's, yeah, you could probably get a couple of different angles here. As far as you understand it, what is the catalyst from the Falcons' standpoint, or is it maybe the Julio Jones camp pushing for it? Who's the catalyst, and why? Uh, I think it's I think it's mostly that like the Falcons don't really have they, and I and I don't know the specifics of what happens to their cap when they get a trade, um, but let's say, so so let let me just list off a few things so. Dead money if cut pre-June 1 on the Falcons roster. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, 65 million. Julio Jones, 40 million. Grady Jarrett, 19 million. Jake Matthews, 30 million. Dante Fowler, 15 million. Deion Jones, 29 million. Chris Lindstrom's a first-round pick, but 8 million. And then Calvin Ridley, 13 million. Um, AJ Terrell. So like we're now getting to their draft picks, which mm-hmm. you can't cut anyway, right? So Matt Ryan would cost the Falcons $38 million in, in cap if they were to cut him. Julio is 17 and a half pre-June 1. Um, Jake Matthews, 18. Dante Fowler, a little under 5. Deion Jones, a little under 21. They don't have any flexibility. There was the, the thing that came out and said, you know, the reason they extended Matt Ryan was because if they kept him on the uh, like a $40 million number this year, they would have had to cut Deion Jones or something like they they were in a really hard place where extending Matt Ryan was really the only freedom that they had I I think the Julio thing if it's coming from the Falcons camp is to try to give them some flexibility uh that it's trying to give them some flexibility yeah. um moving forward to do things like sign Calvin Ridley to an extension um so on and so forth to me that's like the only reason because like because and he is like he's not like declining from an efficiency standpoint but he's always been a player we've joked about who's like always nicked up like yeah. he never plays more than nine. catches a pass on first uh, yeah. on first down he's yeah. out for third down yeah, yeah exactly so like he's never played over he hasn't played over 900 snaps in a long time like stuff like that from the rest of the league's perspective you really have to ask yourself a question because I've I've asked a few teams, um, you know, what do you think about Julio? And I think that the really hard part about trading for Julio right now is a lot of teams, because of the way the cap is structured, have paid out more cash than you and I would expect. Mm-hmm. So when you take when when you take like a, a signing bonus or we take a, a base salary and pro, and make it a signing bonus and prorate it out, you have to pay that. So your your accounting may, means you don't have to pay, you know, all but a fourth of it now. But you actually have to pay that out. So like, a team that takes on Julio Jones is is going to have to take on a financial commitment to a player as well as a draft pick commitment to a player. 
in a year where revenues are down, but payments are like about the same, if not up. So it is a tough, like, it is a tough nut to crack. And I think that there are a lot of teams that like the idea of Julio Jones more than they would actually like the specifics of acquiring what has been one of the best football players drafted since the, since 2011. Um, but it, it or 2010, I'm sorry. But it but it's it's not as simple as I think people want to make it out to be. It's not just giving up draft picks. You mentioned his availability. 2016, 479 receiving snaps. 2017, 490. 2018, 605, 2019, 610, and last year, only 310. Now, his PFF grade has been over 90 in four of those five years. Right. However, last year, it dipped to 85. So I, I think it's important to note where teams might be thinking about Julio Jones and going, look, I don't want to be the team that goes out and picks him up right as he's starting to decline. You know, like that's, it's all, recency bias is so massive. And I think that's why, because you look at this and you go, why would you try and trade him after the draft? Like, wouldn't you want to trade him before the draft? And so it's really weird to me that they're making this move now because you'd go, okay, well, if you're trying to get rid of Julio Jones, wouldn't you be doing it before the draft? And wouldn't you also then be thinking about drafting a quarterback? Right. I mean, that's that that's the whole part of this that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're Atlanta and you take Kyle Pitts, you are trying to win in 2021. You see blood in the water with Carolina. Mm -hmm. You see blood in the water with New Orleans. You have a schedule that is hard in the sense that 10 of their games are road games, but easy in this in in a in a who the opponents are sense. Mm -hmm. um, you have Matt Ryan, who I think has maybe a few good years left in him, and you have a head coach that's been a talent maximizer on the offensive side of the ball, and you have a defense that I just looked at it. I mean, it's not going to be very good, but like there have been defenses with worse personnel that have done a good job. Mm -hmm. um, and you have Dean Pease, who's a defensive coordinator, who's done a fabulous job wherever he's gone. So you, you, there were the reason to draft Kyle Pitts. I, I think all of us wouldn't agree with it in the sense that you should have traded down, you should have taken a quarterback. But if the, neither the, if none of those things were tenable for you as a team, Kyle Pitts was a, a good draft pick. And now you have an opportunity to compete. Getting rid of Julio Jones curbs that substantially because he, he is a really good football player. And I think at this stage in his career, if he was the number two wide receiver on this team with a tight end like Pitts and a kind of dual threat running back and Mike you know, Thunder Quads Davis, like there, that's a good offense. I think if you take him out of the fold, what do you do at the number two receiver spot? Because now you go from having a super advantage in that position to yeah. now in the NFL, like if you have less than two great weapons, you have a weakness there. So 100%, look, here's the, the tough thing about it. Because of what you just spoke about, because of what I just spoke about in terms of his ability to be on the field is availability and I'll, I'll make this even more acute he is over the past five seasons been worth basically exactly the same number of wins above replacement as deandre hopkins has deandre hopkins has played almost a thousand more about 800 more snaps he's run 800 more routes than julio jones has that's the type of efficiency that we're talking about so if you take that efficiency off the falcons 
with what you bring in, given the contract, given the fact that what it says about a team when you're trading away a player like right, that, right. which you think about the player, because it sends a message like, hey, I'm trading this. Hey, Eric, do you want this thing that I have that I don't need anymore? I'm immediately telling you that it's not as worthwhile Worth to me as yeah. you might have implied. And that, that combination of things means no matter what, no matter what, the Falcons will not get for this next season and probably the season after anything commensurate with the value of Julio Jones in a trade. Yeah, well, especially given that the time value of, of future draft picks is not that, like, especially to them. Like, to us, a draft pick now is not quite worth a, a, an entire, like, round worse, but, like, that's how the NFL is pricing it. But, like, after the draft, you're getting – like the Chiefs aren't going to trade for, for Julio, but we had that graphic up which said it was a second round pick, a sixth round pick, yep. and a second. It's like, well, those are all like in your mind. Discount all those by a round because like that's they're not happening this. They're year. not happening this year. They're not helping your team this year, and they're not helping and, your team next year either. Rookies don't help that much. Like that's well, such a especially move for when the you're future. not committed to taking a quarterback. The only way that those picks would help you, especially because none of them are first rounders is if you use them to go up and get a quarterback, which you had an opportunity to do it for in Justin Fields already. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's just not congruent. And I, you know, my take has thus far been, and I, I think I think I tweeted this out, but I've also sort of talked to some people. I think Aaron Rodgers is less than a 50% chance of being traded. I think he has a bigger chance to be traded than Julio Jones. Wow. I, I just don't think it makes sense for the Falcons to do it. And, and I don't think Julio... It, when Julio realizes what he's going to be able to fetch in a trade and a contract, I think he'll see that it's better for him to stay and, and win some football games in Atlanta. Let me ask you this then. Okay, Although we so, want that to happen too. Like that's, right. that's also part, clouding my judgment maybe a little yes. bit. So I want to get into that in a second, but let's look at what the odds are um, right now. So uh, there's a couple of different places you can look. I'm going to start with... Um, DraftKings, which I don't see it up there right now, but they had the Falcons as a favorite for him to return at minus 150, and then had a, a bunch of other teams at about plus 500, five to one or more. They had the Colts and the Chargers five to one, the Ravens seven to one, along with the Patriots, Niners eight to one with the Titans, Packers ten to one, Saints then 25, Browns 33, Chiefs 33, Raiders 33, Dolphins 33, Jets. I mean, they just don't even know. Um, another place that you could look is betonline.ag, and this was odds if traded. This was on the 21st of May. Ravens plus 275, Raiders three to uh, sorry, uh, Niners three to one, Patriots plus 450, Chargers and Titans six to one, Colts seven to one, Packers nine to one, Eagles ten to one, Giants, Cowboys, and Bills about 14 to one. Um, sorry, the Cowboys are 16 to one. Um, what do you make of that, if anything? Like, is there anything there that sticks out to you and you go, wow, I actually think this is a value? Um, would it be betting the Falcons at minus 150 for him to stay there? What are your take? What's your take there? Yeah, I, I, I think with all those, the hold is so humongous that, and here was another thing, as somebody who made a significant amount on Brady to the Bucks, yeah. if you bet this, you have to wait till week one to cash, like, right. till it cashes. So, like, that cup, coupled with the hold, I'm probably 
I'm probably out on all of those. Like, I think the Falcons at minus 150 might be uh, uh, th- something to lay, but you're sweating that out all the way through training camp. Like, if, if something like were to ha- like Khalil Mack didn't get traded until a week before right. Chicago's game against Green Bay in 2018. So, uh, it, it, it's good to look and see. Like, I like all these markets now because they help us steady, right? Like, when a fan comes to you and is like, hey, this seems going to be awesome, you're like, well, why is there a win total seven? Mm-hmm. Like, that you know it's important but i don't think any of these offer value and there's not it's not enough of like if you get inside information what's the limit on it like 100 bucks yeah. you know so it, it's tough right you're not getting down a lot of money okay so then there were kind of two offshoots of this the first is well then obviously you think about the ramifications of other bets certainly a win total bet right so i think we bet the falcons at over seven we've also bet them at over seven and a half Without Julio Jones, if they so they trade him away, in all likelihood get nothing back for him. How do you feel about first off the bet, the bets that we made already, and then are there any other bets maybe that are derivative, not specifically Jones getting traded, but other futures markets that would then be impacted that you would like? No, uh, Ben Brown and I on the PFF Daily Betting podcast gave out New Orleans Saints under nine was our pick this week. Right. That's the t- that's the tough thing. Like I don't, the Saints are a fade, and I mean you can actually go bet whether the Saints are gonna who the Saints are gonna play at quarterback week one, which tells you a lot yeah. about the Saints in general. Um, that's the tough thing, man. You look at this and you go, okay, well the Panthers, the the Saints, the Bucks. I'm not gonna bet the Bucks at like yeah. what is it minus four fifty or whatever to win yeah. the division. Like I'm not gonna do that. So really, you're kind of sitting there and you're going, man, I just don't know how I feel about this seven and a half like are you trying to net that out or i guess my take on it would be this would i feel worse about it yes absolutely but i'll say this about the falcons they have calvin ridley yeah they have kyle pitts they have arthur smith and i think matt ryan is being shat on in this situation and undeservedly so I still like over. Seven. I mean, Arthur Smith made Corey Davis into a player last year. He made Ryan Tannehill look like yeah. he, Dan he, Marino. He got Khalif Raymond over the top a bunch of times. So here, here's okay. So let's think about. It. So the last three years, I'm not who, worried. Who? Well, <laughs> I'll say this just. I'll say this just as much. The we like that we have the Falcons at about nine wins. So Julio Jones, the last three seasons, has been worth point seven at nine. 0.85 and last season abbreviated 0.39 wins above replacement. Yep. So let's let's be let's split, let's say he's worth a half a win just with all of that new team. It's hard to acclimate to a new team. He's let's say he's worth half a win to the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. this next season because Pitts is going to eat into some of the targets. Blah blah blah. So if you have the the Falcons handicapped at nine eight and a half nine wins, this is still a smash. And when you look at you know, Pinnacle, for example. Pinnacle is is exactly so. When you look at the Falcons, they're still seven and a half minus one forty two. Um, there are some places I bet even with this news, I found an out that had seven and a half minus one thirty. I've got my you saw minus one fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not worried until I start to see this number go down. Like, and and minus one forty two. I mean, again, you're looking and saying, okay, this team has to be an under five hundred team by one game. And can, you can still win the bet, right? You're, we're not talking about the Falcons making the playoffs. We're talking about the Falcons like having a so-so season. I, you know, I, I it does hurt them. Yeah, it does hurt them. But um, 
how much is Arthur Smith worth? How much is Matt Ryan rejuvenation worth? How much is offensive line acclimation and ascension worth? And how much is defensive and turnover regression worth? It's worth a lot more than Julio Jones, as much as I like Julio, and he's been one of the best players in the NFL since he entered the league. Okay, now I want to flip to what's best for Julio. And I've been going back and forth on this, and I, I kind of want to – I have a sort of top five here in terms of where I think – because here, here's the interesting thing that's come out about this. First it was the Falcons are interested in trading Julio Jones. Now we've seen Julio Jones in Dallas wearing a Cowboys jersey or sweatshirt. We've seen him working out with Derrick Henry. I don't know exactly where it was, but working out with Derrick Henry. And we've also heard reported that he wants to go play with Cam Newton – in New England because, quote, Matt Ryan's deep ball is falling off. Now, Matt Ryan's arm strength may be up for debate, but his accuracy is not. And he was, you know, middle of the pack accurate in terms of deep ball yeah. um, accurate uh, throw rate. Cam Newton was like 31st. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of issues with that statement. I'm going to let you go first, though. Do you think Julio actually, like, wants to get out of Atlanta? Do you think that's best for him? Uh... No, and maybe. Here are some teams that I like, and I know, I, and I know you'll. I don't know if we'll overlap here. Actually, here are some sneaky teams that Julio could do really well for: the Los Angeles Chargers, the New York Jets. Those two teams, to me, have what Julio's looking for, which is enough effective cap space to pay for him. Mm -hmm. Um. An offense that has targets that they could pump. Like the Chargers last year, who was the Chargers' second receiver? Mike Williams, and he was garbage last year. Like he was hurt and banged up as he normally always is. And and then what does Justin Herbert have? He has the best, one of yeah, the best deep balls in all of football. Honestly, this would take my Chargers hate slash Herbert fatism like off the table a little bit. Yeah. I would I would buy in here. Um, for the Jets, Jets just have cap space. I think they're going to have a great culture. And they also have a quarterback who can throw the ball a mile, and and they and if you you put Corey Davis, you have that would be a, that would go from a receiving core where you're like maybe to like okay I'm ready for this one like uh, yeah. Denzel Mims, uh, you know um, Corey Davis and Julio Jones. Okay, I could go with that. I'm just disappointed. I, I like all of those. Those are great, by the way. The Chargers is my favorite one, and the Chargers were in my top five. I'm going to start with. Team. I, I tried to pick ones I didn't think you'd pick, yeah. but I know that like... Well, the Chargers are one of the favorites yeah. to grab it. But I'm trying to think about this from Julio Jones' perspective. I'm Julio Jones' agent. Where am I telling him to go? Okay, now, it's a bummer that the Rams don't have any draft picks <laughs> because I guarantee you the Rams are like sitting there yeah, and the Jets have one for the Jamal Adams trade, by the way. I, I don't think they should use a first. No. But they will like... But it, it hurts less to give up a second when you have two firsts. Exactly. And that was part of my, my thought process and what teams could actually make the move. But... I guarantee you the Rams are sitting in their Malibu house being like, shit, yeah. <laughs> is there a way that we can bring Julio yeah. Jones in? So, but I don't think that's... Can they trade the 2031 first rounder yeah, like, for Julio? what the hell is going on? So, I think that one's a real long shot. I'm going to start with um, team number five on my list. And team number five on my list is... Um, so, I don't have the Patriots on there. Uh, I actually don't even have the Titans on there. Team number five on my list is the Baltimore Ravens. And I think the reason they're number five is that Lamar Jackson's accuracy isn't fantastic, but he would be, 
he would have an opportunity to have a couple of young receivers around him, much like he does in Atlanta, have a creative offensive scheme, and have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And so I think from his standpoint, that's got to be uh, a, real, a real key there. All right, team number four for me is the Miami Dolphins. Now, Tua does not have nearly as good of you know an arm as some of the guys that you mentioned. However, they also have Will Fuller. They just drafted Jalen Waddell. He would have an opportunity to not have to be like the number one guy all the time. Yeah, they would be dynamic. And Dolphins, have- Dolphins under a million dollars in effective cap space. Yep, about eight point eight in actual cap space. Uh, tough, tougher scene for them, I think. But but yeah. Yes. Now I'm cheating here at number three because what I've done is I've packaged two teams together in a tie at third, <laughs> and that is the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. Both great spots for him for different reasons. If he goes to the Niners, first off, Jimmy G would be dancing in the streets because he would actually have a chance maybe to look really good for a couple of weeks. Um, But they would, in my opinion, then really assert themselves as the best team in that division. And he would potentially have... Wait a second. You're telling me that the Rams having traded their future right. for the next five years, haven't even assured themselves no. the top spot in the division? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, are they going to write an athletic article on it? They might. You know, they might. You could subscribe for a dollar. Um, but it would be a tremendous opportunity for him to relink with Kyle Shanahan. He either gets Jimmy G, who's going to be accurate, or he gets Trey Lance, who's got a cannon. Yeah. The Raiders are super interesting to me. Here's why. Derek Carr is good. Yeah. He's accurate. And... He doesn't throw a ton of deep balls, but I guarantee you he would with Julio. It gives Julio the best chance not to win a Super Bowl, which is what the Niners would give him, but gives him the best chance to be, like, dominant. On the Vegas Strip, too, like, all the time. My issue with Derek Carr, I got to say, when's the last alpha wide receiver that wanted to play with Derek Carr? Like, like Antonio Brown lasted, like, what, three weeks in that place? Like, Derek Carr feels to me like a guy who... I hate to say this, but he's like Kirk Cousins, where like he like if they start going pear shaped for like three drives, like stud wide receivers come off the field and yell at him, and he and it's just like curls up. Like I feel like having he he's like in a perfect groove right now to be Derek Carr, yes. which is like a bunch of kind of beta wide receivers and a really good tight end and no expectations to win football games. Like that's that's like the perfect situation for Derek Carr. If you put like Julio Jones out there, it's like it might gobble him up. I but Julio hasn't been like hasn't had the reputation of being like a TO or something like that. But so let me tell knows? you this. The Raiders should okay, they're obviously have got fans coming now. This is a perfectly Raiders move. Yeah. I mean, oh, of course. It, right? Yeah. It's such a Raiders move. The fact that they're 33 to 1 in my opinion like if, if I was going to bet one team, that would be the team I would bet. Yeah. All right. Number two for me is the team that you mentioned, the Los Angeles Chargers. Perfect opportunity for him. I mean, great opportunity. You've got Keenan Allen on the other side. You've got a young quarterback with a cannon. You've got a new coach there who, by all accounts, everyone loves. Great situation for him. You moved to L.A. Fantastic. But the best move for Julio Jones is Atlanta. It has to be Atlanta. And the reason to me that it has to be Atlanta is, like, Julio Jones has battled through so much bad luck in Atlanta. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like they've made a head coaching hire that makes sense. They've got young players around him that are really good. And say what you want about Matt Ryan's deep ball, but I feel like you've got to get on the same page with Matt Ryan and be like, look, man, 
We've battled through a lot of shit. Let's go out the right way. Me and Blake. Me and Blake. <laughs> through the fire. Through right? the fire. Like, I, I, and I'm not saying this just because I bet the Falcons, that's where Julio is, like, Atlanta. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I think Atlanta fans, they love They Julio love him. And, I, and they rightfully should. He's a fa- fantastic player. I, yes, I'm in agreement there that, like, that's probably his best spot. We also just don't know. Like, we had, you know, Kyle Shanahan for a year, which that offense was an absolute cheat, mm-hmm. right? And then you go with Sarkeesian, who, like, I think in 18 was very good. You look at Julio's 18 numbers, and they were fantastic aside from the touchdowns. Then you go to Cutter, who, like, I'll just say this, was awful. Like, mm-hmm. he was not good not for good. for the two seasons there. They should have kept Sarkeesian for, for – I that was the move. And now, like, we're, we're, we're judging the Falcons based on – you know, a Rahi Morris defense, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, and Dirk Cutter, and like that's not the case. It is Arthur Smith and Dean Pease, two of the great coordinators in the NFL for quite some time. Like, I I, I think again, um, I'm going to be bullish on the Falcons until they hit the under because like I, I it's just to me I think that there's too many things going in the right direction now. Again. Our friend Herms, Josh Hermsmeyer tweeted out the whole, like, you know, their process of, you know, preferring to extend Matt Ryan and, instead of cutting Dion Jones. Like, they're not perfect, but the hard part no, about the, har- far from the hard part about the Falcons, and this came, this comes all the way back to, like, we've talked about COVID and stuff like that, where it's like, you, for reasons not of your control, Terry Fontenot, um, you know, Arthur Smith, reasons not in your control. Every single decision you make about this roster is going to have negatives because you were not give, given a great salary cap situation and you were not given a winner right away. Mm-hmm. So if you would have traded or you would have like kept Matt Ryan and got rid of Deion Jones, you would have had a shitty defense. Mm-hmm. If you extend Matt Ryan how you do, then you, you're less likely to take Justin Fields. Don't compound the like if you've assumed that you've taken the path with the least amount of d- bad things happening which i think they they could have don't compound it by making a, a bad decision to try to make like you're not going to have a perfect run here at the beginning like you're b- picking up after somebody else so continue to make logical steps in the right direction and the julio jones trade would not be a logical step in the direction that they've taken like i i don't I, think one thousand. We are in a thousand percent agreement. There's no way. The, there's no way the Falcons can win a Julio Jones trade. I I don't see it. I, I don't believe so. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you some uh, some um, in my dreams. These would be the teams that he would go to. The Seahawks. How cool would that be? It would be they. The Seahawks lack a wide receiver like Julio Jones. It would be awesome. I mean, it'd be so cool to have him and are, DK. Are, are Seahawks fans going to get after me about the Tyler Lockett thing after we prove that he's the first half of the year receiver? You don't like they don't have a they receiver might. like like Julio Jones. No, it'd be awesome. Um, the the next one that I think would be really cool is the Dallas Cowboys. And I was thinking about this. You'd almost have to send Gallup back in a trade or something. Like, that's crowded. But, yes, it would be great. I think you would send Gallup. Him or, I mean, not Cooper. Cooper has too much money. Not Lamb. Lamb's too highly regarded. So, you'd you'd go with – you'd send back – they'd get Zeke over there. Send Zeke to the Falcons. Can you imagine? Um, (laughs) And then the the last one, uh, I have two with young quarterbacks. The Bears. How fun would that be? Justin Fields. 
Uh, By the way, people Alan have been Robinson. getting after us in the comment. We we didn't even we we didn't even read the comments last year last week as many as we could have. But they there were comments that said essentially like do does Herbert or not does not Herbert does um, Justin Fields have like pictures of us somewhere like because we're so positive about him. Yes. Uh, yes. No, he's actually just really good at freaking quarterback and it was taken eleventh overall. Good football player. Yeah. Also, I've sent him news. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> he's got him. Uh, the other one is the Arizona Cardinals. With DeAndre Hopkins. That would be a waste of talent. It would suck because I'm not sure that they would be as creative as they should be. But it would be cool because DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones would be... Yeah. Maybe not that we're not in their prime anymore. If they were in their prime, be, I think, the best wide receiver duo. Um, you know, be up there with, like, Moss yeah. and Carter. Um, what are some other really... Harrison really Wayne. Um, yeah. Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I'm yeah. on the Isaac Bruce. So I haven't Isaac. watched an Isaac Bruce highlights. Jerry Rice and literally Jerry Rice anyone and else. John Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> um, J- oh, Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens. Yes. Um, the 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 Cardinals would be like a okay, Cliff, you're Figured fired out. if you don't if you can't make this work. Figured out. Okay, let's move on from the Julio Jones stuff. I don't think there's anything else to. Oh, actually, let me ask you this: How would you feel about the Matt Ryan MVP futures? Because uh, we have a little, was it? Did we get him at fifty and seventy-five to one? I can't remember. Exactly. Seventy-five to one 75. is where I got him when we were in Vegas. Fifty, I think, is still somewhat available. Thirty-three to one is where it is, I believe, on DraftKings. I mean, I would still bet seventy-five to one. I yeah. would not bet anything south of fifty to one if um, if he didn't have Julio. And the thing about it, though, is man, Matt Ryan is a former MVP. Mm-hmm. Again, like I think Arthur Smith. The weird thing is, obviously, the Falcons would it would take a step back with Julio, but I don't think Arthur Smith needs Julio to still be successful this year. It's weird. Like I, I don't know. I agree. at least be successful above what the market expects. So this is what I was going to say: is that if Matt Ryan doesn't have Julio Jones and they perform really well, it'll be seen as more of Matt Ryan's fault, or you know, because of Matt yeah. Ryan. And so I actually still like, now I'm not betting him 33 to 1. If you can get like 50 to 1, I'm still there. Let's take a look at the MVP uh, race right now. Mahomes 450, Rodgers 9 to 1, Josh Allen 11 to 1, Tom Brady 15 to 1, Stafford also 15 to 1. Hilarious. Lamar Jackson 16, along with Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott is 17 to 1. Herbert and Kyler Murray are 20 to 1. Baker, Matt Ryan 33. Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz are 40. Burrow, Cousins. Derrick Henry, Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, and Deshaun Watson are fifty to one. By the way, can can we pause at how hilarious it is at who has like like some of these these clusters are are, are, are absurd. Comedic. Like the Jalen the same the people who have the same MVP odds is Jalen Hurts who plays for a team that is going to win four games this year. It's amazing. It, it, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, the most absurd part about this entire group is that Patrick Mahomes has better odds to win the MVP than his team does to win the Super Bowl. That is amazing, and probably I don't, I'm I'm not saying it's like I think fair. it's fair. Like <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah, dude, Patrick Mahomes is going to go scorched earth. On but people. but think about this. So and I so Kirk Cousins who I'm not the biggest fan of, should not have the same MVP odds as fucking Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's absurd. That's absurd. Kirk Cousins is like a really good quarterback who like 
whose team's actually going to win? Like some games, not fucking four games like the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Joe Burrow at 51. If Burrow shows, dude, I got this. Somebody wrote an article on one of these like LSU blogs about that conversation we had about Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow where I said I'd rather take Trevor Lawrence for, I think, obvious reasons. And they wrote, I mean, this thing, I got an Instagram post tagging me in it. Nice. And I just, I messaged back. I, I wrote in the Instagram message, thanks for your completely reasonable take with no bias. I was just like, I you like, know what, you know it, what sucks is that they didn't <laughs> notice that I chose Burrow and give me a little shine. They exactly. decided to shit yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I, I mean, could have, I was looking for some LSU think, fans. Think about this. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one overall pick long before Joe Burrow was even good. This is ridiculous. So if Burrow shows any – like people love Joe Burrow. Yep. If the if the Bengals win 11 games this year, Burrow like is top well, three. So I want to talk about – I have another market I want to talk about. Right now, though, you have to bet on one player at certain odds to win MVP. Who is it? Because uh, I have one. Russell Wilson at sixteen to one. Okay. That team is if they if they win this year, let's say they win the division again, that it will be a bigger surprise, and I yes. think Wilson will be more of a of a player in the game. Okay, I find it absolutely comedic to the point of laughter that Tom Brady and Matt Stafford have the same fucking odds to win MVP. Are you? I wish I could me. bet the no on Stafford. It what would, the fuck? <laughs> like I don't. What Tom is, Brady. Yeah. Okay, Tom Brady played the like last half of the season with like a torn knee, you know, and was absolutely incredible. Most wins above replacement of any player in the NFL. The only player that graded higher than him was Aaron Rodgers, and he was figuring out how to call the plays. Supposedly, all his players are back. They don't. They their division sucks. Stafford has exactly two two grades in his career over 80 as a passer in the PFF system. Well, right. It was all the Lions' fault. Their run game couldn't get it together. Yeah. My point stands. If I have to bet one guy right now, it's Tom Brady. How are you going to blame Joyke Bell for how bad Stafford – like, Stafford has been like, – look, I think Stafford is extremely talented. I commend him for taking the Lions from being awful to being merely frustratingly bad. But here's here's my issue with I mean he has one, two, three, four, including the last two years, over seven and a half yards per day. Like we're not talking about a a guy like I just I don't get it. What has he done? I You're trying to ruin he, my Tom Brady MVP yeah, fifteen to one bet yeah. with this Matt Stafford hatred, which I don't look. I understand where it comes from. I think it's patently absurd. That's where these markets become real is when I can bet the other side of this. Right. Like when I can bet, when I can lay like minus 1600 on Stafford not to win the MVP. Like as. Should we just start a sports book? Free free money. Yes. But like, I. I like that. Explain to me. This guy has done nothing. He's gotten coaches fired like his whole career. Jim hey, Schwartz, it's he not got his fault. Jim Schwartz, he got fired. The guy before Jim Bob Cooter, he got Let's fired. Blame- Jim Bob Cooter, he got okay. fired. So Daryl Bevel, he got fired. Let me, let me fired. make something clear before you get the whole city. Jim Caldwell, all he of, got fired. He all got, he got 15 Jim Los fired. Angeles Rams fans are gonna be really mad at you. Okay, I'm gonna try and help you out here. It's not Matt Stafford's fault that he's 15 to one to win MVP. Okay, it's it's everyone else out there jizzing themselves about Matt Stafford in Los Angeles with the Rams yeah. whose fault it is that he's 15-1. It ain't Matt Stafford's fault. Yeah, it's not, I shouldn't okay? be going after him so much. So stop. 
calm down and focus on Tom Brady at 15 to 1 for MVP. The next market. I do think, by the way, I do think the Bucks this year might end up being like Kansas City was last year, where like they just blaze through everything. Where their tackles die in the Super Bowl. It, it, yeah. <laughs> they lose. Like maybe they have noise that happens in the wrong order, right? Like yeah. the 19 Chiefs had all their injuries at the beginning of the right, year right. and were healthy at the end. And like it was opposite. Whereas Tampa, like who's who's in the if let's say the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, who in the NFC is competing with Tampa Bay? Uh, no, no one. The NFC is not good. Yeah, there's there might be a team like Pittsburgh was last year that like make the Chiefs try for the first twelve weeks to make sure they get their buy. How to lose a buy in ten days? But like great movie, yeah, great movie. What was it at Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> but the but the uh, but like. Tampa, as you said, bring everybody back. I think there's a little bit of a risk to that because you don't have as many players who are like hungry. Like Seren brought this up about Kansas City, where it's up. But at the same time, you look at you the NFC players that are hungry. Now we're talking about their food intake. No, but what look, I mean, what have I you mean met is, Tom Brady? You know how many fucking Super Bowl rings he has? Yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah. I, Dude is always hungry I for seed, an almond I can, avocado shake. I can see okay? my, my case. Uh, let me ask you about this because you mentioned Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is six to one to win Comeback Player of the Year. This is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Dak Prescott is plus one seventy five. Saquon Barkley and Joe Burrow and Christian Caffrey are six to one. Nick Bosa is seven to one. Carson Wentz is nine to one. Um, I'm at the other side of Carson Wentz. Right. Uh, Sam Darnold sixteen to one. So is Derwin James. So is Von Miller. I don't. I'm not going to get into any of those. I think that I Tim Tebow thirty three to one. By the way. There are Tebow <laughs> odds out there. It's like over 12 and a half yards. He has over two and a half touchdowns. No, over if he half play, a touchdown. If he plays week one. Over half a touchdown. Okay, I saw two and a half if he plays week one. Two and a half? If he plays week Where one. Where is this? This is absurd. It's a humo uh, I think that's a humongous push because I don't think he's going to make. I mean, uh, I've gone back and forth. I said he would make the team on one podcast. I'm a little bit nervous now about the making the team odds. If he makes the team. He's getting a touchdown. He's getting, I mean, it's... This is a cinch. I mean, Eric Fisher had a touchdown last year. Tim Tebow, who would looking like Eric Fisher by the here's day. The thing. So get here's one. the thing. If if he sucks so badly that Urban Meyer can't put him on the team, and that does that bet... It, the, the two and a half, I think, voids if he doesn't make the team. Where did you see two and a half? I, saw, I think it was like Circa. I saw a half. Two and a half. I is think a half lot. is 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 including an under if he doesn't make the team. Okay. Well, let me say. Or this. he like gets cut and makes another team. I don't know how he gets cut by Jacksonville and gets if picked he, up by somebody if else. If he but. makes the team, then Urban Meyer will one thousand percent justify his making the team by getting him a touchdown. I mean, that dude's 1, going to be the quarterback. It's going to be like the CFL where you have a quarterback sneak quarterback. True. Okay. Back to the comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott plus one seventy five. To me. That is a really, I mean, compared to Joe Burrow, like that is a really big disparity in my opinion. I know that it's like the Cowboys versus the Bengals, and that's probably where this is. But I like Joe Burrow at 6-1 to one for comeback player of the year. Yeah, I think if Joe Burrow shows any sort of life this year, he's getting some. And there's also the difference. Prescott, a fourth-round pick. Burrow, a first overall pick. Everybody likes to justify. The only thing I could be I'm worried about is Barkley and McCaffrey are both running backs, and some of these voters like are pushing back against the running back thing. If the Giants have a good season, so like if the Giants have a good season, I see Barkley in the same light as like Fournette for the Jags and like mm. 17, where everybody's like, 
was Look, awful. he was he was not on the team last year. He was hurt the whole year yeah, last yeah. year. Now he's on the team. He rushed for 1,100 yards at 3.9 a t- tote, but he had 17 touchdowns. And now he's the he's the comeback player of the year. McCaffrey, I can't see other than the like team. if he just puts up like a thousand yards on both yeah. sides of the ball, and then and, and they if he has a season similar to 19. They might just give it to him for pure stats, but that team's not going to be notable this year. Yeah, I mean, the tough thing for Christian McCaffrey is he's got two roles that he's playing. He's playing running back for the Panthers, and he's playing boyfriend for Olivia Colpo, and yep. that's a lot to juggle, man. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous there. Nick Bosa's 7-1 is interesting because the Niners will be in prime time a lot, and he racks up some sacks. No one wants to give it to a defensive you know, edge rusher more than the NFL does. But I, I could – it's weird to me. Like, Stafford also 39 sacks taken last year, 40 the last year he played a whole stop, season. Stop. All, now in that division. Stop. Going to take some sacks. I guess – Going to come from Bosa What's probably. tough for me is I could see Dak Prescott being in the MVP race almost more so than I see him being this big of a favorite to be coming yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, it's year. better to bet him long shot to win MVP, I would say, than – because 175, the hold – yeah, it's not going to be enough to justify betting enough to make it worthwhile – at 175 odds. Okay. We, we've really gone off the rails here. That's okay. It's okay. Um, do you want to talk at all about any of these player totals, season-long totals? So we have um, – there's like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Um, you get the Tim Tebow. So Tim Tebow's 12 and a half. I see it on DraftKings over half a touchdown. I'm assuming Oh, that, yeah. This, is, this doesn't void if he doesn't, doesn't make void. the team. He doesn't make the team. I mean, look, if you're looking at a proxy for him making the team being under .5 – it's minus three oh. So the the market doesn't like him making the team, right? The the other the place where I thought I think it was Circa or maybe it was Westgate, which was like if he makes, makes the, the team, team, if he makes the team, they're doing all these play action dumps to him in the end zone, right? I, if I if they bet, get inside the five, so if I had to bet this prop right now, and I wouldn't put like a whole ton on it, and you probably can't, but the. There was so much. Remember when it was first reported that Meyer was interested in him mm-hmm. and how long it took for them to sign him? That was, in my opinion, a vetting of if we sign this guy, we really better be right. Yeah. And I think he makes the team. Like, to me, you don't go through all this shit without the hope that he makes he the team. He would be the player with the biggest gap between playing games in since the merger. Nine years. It, oh, it would be amazing. Like, I think it's ridiculous that they signed him, but that ridiculousness yeah. will continue when he makes the team. Yeah. Um, two of the the odds here that I'm just like kind of just pretty happy our fantasy rankings got right. So Lawrence, uh, forty one fifty and a half is his prop. We have Lawrence. If you look at pff.com fantasy projections, we have him with forty uh, four thousand seventy three passing yards. So under would be advisable there, but not by much. Wilson is at 38.50 and a half. We have Wilson more like 39.43.9. Just being transparent, Wilson looks better in our numbers than Lawrence does in many ways. Um, but after you adjust for the small difference in draft position, you do get a little bit of a better projection. But um, I w- I'm bullish on Wilson. So I, I would just as a just you know when this when the limits become higher here i probably will end up being a little bit bullish on wilson last year i was under on burrow probably would not have hit had he not got hurt right Right, right. that's really the risk here i think the risk with these two guys is legitimately that their offenses aren't very good more so than it was with the Bengals. and you've got like 
you've got the narrative of you run the ball with the rookie quarterback. You just you have to. You know, you and, and I see you, you look at the Jets and you go, okay, they brought in that great offense. But, yeah, that great offense also didn't let Jimmy G throw. Now, what say whatever you want about that. But, like, you want attempts. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what you need. So Burrow was – they were behind so much that he's pumping at 60 times a game. Right. And so he was going to get over that total by hook or by crook. Here, I mean, look, the one thing you can say about Lawrence is that he plays in a bad division defensively. So, But one of those bad defenses is his own, right? So, True. like, you get you get Tennessee and Houston, which are four games against Patsies defensively. Zach Wilson, not so much against New England, uh, the Miami Dolphins, um, or the Buffalo Bills. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to a little college. Ooh. So here's how I think we should do this. First very off, quickly in your yes, mind. Very yes. quickly. Um, especially because Phil now holds a two shot lead and my three to one, my three to one bet looking really nice. Um, may you gotta get out of here so you can watch it at home. Yeah. Well, also the Lakers just tipped. You know, we got a lot going on here. Yeah. It's actually like a, I lost a pretty big bet on it. It's this a guy sneaky, wonderful earlier. time of year, you know? Yeah, it's great. We will get right into uh, the college football odds and Heisman odds here in a second. But first, um, if you just listened to the Julio Jones talk and you're thinking about, well, I wish I could, you know, fade the Falcons or buy into the Falcons or this team or that team, you can because there is a stock market for sports teams. It's Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, and we've partnered with them to give you a pretty sweet deal. Use promo code PFF when you deposit $10 at Symbol. Uh, you can do so at symbol.app slash PFF. When you use that promo code, you will get a free PFF annual subscription. That's usually $40. You get it with just a $10 deposit symbol. It's the easiest thing. It's one of the best deals I've seen out there. Um, you may want to bet uh, on some, you know, kind of futures, but this is a nice way to not have to tie your money up for all of that time and actually just buy stock in teams. You get paid a dividend when they win games. You can obviously trade. Uh, for different shares as you go. So go check it out at symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app slash P-F-F. And now, my favorite, college football. I want to talk Heisman Trophy, and I think we save that for the end of this yes. conversation. You are going to write a piece this week, uh, probably in concert with Ben Brown, right, about mm -hmm. some of the big, the lines are up for some of the big games. Um, we're going to talk about our power ratings for college players and some of the futures that we like. But I'd like you to tease that up here with some of the things that that our simulation because we run we have a college simulation and a pro simulation um, obviously building off of the grades that we have for college and yep. to me there's a huge the gap between information from nfl to college is dramatic so a lot can be learned here i am gonna learn teach me okay here are some here are some conference futures right now power five conferences are on DraftKings and other places here are some that i like and again you can get you know the listeners want to come after us. Ohio State's currently minus. Our one. listeners love us. Okay. Yeah. To stop having such a hate-hate relationship <laughs> with listeners. I love. I love you guys. Yeah. You. Me too. But here, <laughs> Ohio State is minus one twenty-five to win the Big Ten. I actually think, again, continuity is important in college football. Not having the same quarterback year to year. Like I, I agree with them being the favorite. But I think the best bet out of the Big Ten is a Iowa eleven to one. Hmm. Um. Iowa last season got off to a horrible start at 0-2, and people forgot that they won six straight games down the stretch. I did forget that. They were a top-10 graded team in the Power 5 in our metrics. They return, I mean, Kirk, you know, they, they, returned some, they returned some pretty good players here. Um, another bet that I like is out of the ACC. Right now, Clemson is minus 835. 
you know, you have Dabo Sweeney, you have DJ Alungule mm-hmm. playing quarterback. Sam Howell is a top five pick next year. North Carolina is seven to one. Mac Brown has done a very good job there. I like. I think that is a value um, in that one. And then lastly, this is some place where you're getting a better number of DraftKings and you're getting somewhere like Bet Online uh, for the exact same reason that I like North Carolina. I like USC here. Keaton Slovis coming back four to one to win the Pac-12. The two favorites there, Oregon and Washington, are plus both plus two seventy-five. I understand why they are, but quarterback play wins out in many cases. So I like Slovis there. Those are the 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 you know three bets I like for conferences. Let's talk about the Heisman though. Yeah, let's do it. So, by the way, I like I like all of those ones. I am here to learn about college football. For for anyone that's new to this podcast, let me explain how this works. I will watch college football games where quarterback play is good enough that it may someday end up in the NFL. It might matter to you in April. Yes. Yeah. Other than that, please God spare me. That said, that's why we have simulations. That's why we have all of the data to leverage so that we can bet anything that we want. Yep. Whenever and there, we want. Are, there, there are games that are posted up there. Be careful, by the way, just to give you, be careful about home field advantage because yes. some of the some of the games of the year are in neutral sites and wh- whatever you give home field advantage as, you might, you might see a number as a value when it's really not. So, The Heisman on DraftKings Sportsbook. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma quarterback, plus 550. DJ Uangalele, quarterback, Clemson, six to one. Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama, eight to one. And then, so let's start. Those are the only odds, uh, you know, those are the three favorites. Do any of those entice no, you? No. Why, why not? You're not getting a big enough payout, right? So, like, Jalen Waddle, or no, not Jalen Waddle. See, that's, I don't even, uh, Jalen Waddle had to get hurt for Devontae Smith to have right. the opportunity to win the Heisman last year. Um, you know, Kyler Murray came out of nowhere, right? Like there there was that betting, the 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 uh, documentary called Action that was on uh, mm-hmm. Showtime, where in freaking November, one of the professional bettors was saying, Tua's not a bet, Tua's a lock. And then Tua never won a Heisman, right? right? Um, Burrow came out of nowhere the year he won. Like none of those are gonna make you happy, right? Here are some that I think have a shot well, let's continue on. Okay. Okay. So next we have JT Daniels, 12-1. JT Daniels, formerly at USC, transferred. Now Georgia. Now Georgia quarterback. Yep. You then have CJ Stroud, who's taking over at quarterback for the Ohio State, 19-year-old kid. And you have Sam Howell, presumptive top five pick next year, quarterback for uh, North Carolina. So JT Daniels, 12-1. So yep. CJ Stroud, Sam Howell, 17-1. Any of those? Get you excited. I would possibly sprinkle on Sam Howell there at 17 to 1. Really? Yeah. I think you're, he's a good are player. You a They're Sam losing fan? receivers though. The the thing about the, the the thing about North Carolina that you have to be worried about is some of the weapons are going away. Um so so that that is a that is a a, a problem with that. If you believe in the power of quarterbacks though, um he might okay. be one to think about. I am fading Sam Howell. Sam Howell is my fade this year. I just I don't know if it's the Mitch Trubisky yeah. at North Carolina thing. Well, Mitch, Mitch would be entering his first year as a starter if you if yeah. he was Sam Howell. So like that's maybe the difference. Okay, let's keep it going here. Um, Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback. Derek King, Miami quarterback. Both twenty to one. Bijan Robinson also twenty to one, and Keaton Slovis twenty five to one. Now this is my favorite bet: is Keaton Slovis twenty five to one? Okay. 
You mentioned how you like them in the Pac-12. I do as well. USC, a storied franchise that people are itching to get mm-hmm. back into the limelight. There are a lot of talent evaluators that really like Slovis as a guy who could potentially threaten that number one pick. Obviously, tons of weapons at USC. If they are good, he is he is going to get a lot of publicity. 25 to 1 is the type of odds that I want to lay as opposed to some of these like 8 to 1, 6 to 1. Even though, if I had to bet one of the favorites, you know my love for DJ Youngalele. Yeah. Here, here's here's the one out of that group. I called him Matt Golden Corral. Oh, um, last season for Ole Miss, twenty nine touchdowns, ten yards of pass attempt, five hundred and six yards on the ground. Just that he was a guy that was playing, you know, other positions in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, often early on. Um, he, I, you know, will play in SEC play. Like he will be on TV a fair amount. Um, and he is electric. And I thought you were going to – I really thought you were about to go in on Bijan Robinson running back Texas as your, yeah. your play. Because I mean, yeah, in the pantheon of things, I'd rather take a second-tier team from the SEC than a second-tier team – a player from a second-tier team in the Big 12. Like, I, I that's kind of where my worldview is, which is probably what's going to – if we go through these next – let, let's get all the way to Emory Jones here because I think Emory Jones is the guy we tweet about all the time. Yeah, that's the guy I'm 40 excited to one. about. He, he's, so Emory Jones, quarterback, yeah. Florida. Talk to me. I mean, he's just like, when you look at, let, let's just put it this way. Whatever you think about Kyle Trask, if it's more negative than consensus, you better bet into Emory Jones because Kyle Trask put up some pretty good fucking numbers last year and that offense was very, very good. Now they lose Kadarius Tony, they, they lose Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. But they they move the football. They are scary offensively, and I don't believe that Kyle Trask was the reason for that. I think Kyle Trask was riding the Kyle bus. Pitts? Yeah. yeah. So Emory Jones, you know, he He's got some experience uh, later on in the season. Forty to one. I think relative to price, Jalen Dan Jaden Daniels of Arizona State thirty three to one. Again, Pac twelve, kind of a lower tier power five. Not a huge fan. Desmond Ritter is a is plays over here. Again, like he's not winning the Heisman. Happen. Brees Hall's running back for Iowa State could have a a, no, a chance. It can happen. We're lower on Iowa State than the rest of the marketplace. Brock Purdy has gotten worse every single year he's played at Iowa State. I don't if they if he doesn't improve, they're not getting better. And if they don't win the Big Twelve, Brees Hall is not winning the Heisman. So I think Emory Jones of forty to one among those longer shots might now, be the one you want to look at. Emory Jones has less than 100 career dropbacks. However, the dude is a scary athlete. Over 90 PFF grade rushing the football. So you think about what wins the Heisman. And the reason Spencer Rattler is the, the number one guy here is he's going to have a ton of highlight plays. Okay, So if he has those and all of the stats, it's going to be tough to beat. However, you look at a guy like Emory Jones, to me, that's a similar thing. He plays for a very high-profile team. He's going to have a ton of highlight reel plays. And if he puts that together with a really successful season, that's one. So uh, my two favorites are Keaton Slovis, 25 to 1, and um, your boy Emory Jones at 40 to 1. If I had to bet a favorite here, I'm just going with the young Lele. I still, six to one is ridiculous. Well, plus but the like, ACC is not very good. Six to one is so bad. When I saw that was six to one, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. It, well, the SEC or the, sorry, the ACC is a very top-heavy conference, as evidenced by the fact that Clemson's, you know, minus eight thirty-five yep. to win it all, and so like that might be an easy schedule with some great statistics, but you know, Trevor Lawrence never won a Heisman, and I think in in, in because of that possibly right where they're 
they're not playing in that high. Like, think about you and I, to the point of your college football fandom, when you watch, like, great conference championship games, they're almost always Georgia-Alabama, mm-hmm. Florida-Alabama, yep. uh, LSU-Georgia, etc. It's never fucking Clemson Pittsburgh like it's never it's never one of these like because so the hard part about betting a Clemson player for the Heisman and Watson won it I believe one year I can't remember actually but no, like he did not win the Heisman. but that's that's the whole point like they're so they're the class of that conference so much that there's never games like I can remember when it was Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson way back in the day 2016 that was like the last like high profile ACC game I remember and so if you don't have those, if you don't shine in those situations, you're probably not going to win a Heisman. Um, he probably should have, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, we're not saying should, though. That's the right, whole right, issue. Right, right. We're like no, no. trying, we're just, trying to I'm just, just correcting yeah. that. Um, yes, I agree. My, do not, I'm not going to bet Young Lele. I'm telling you that I love Young Lele, and you know that if you've followed this podcast. Um, and I'm going to continue to root for him. I'll bet on him this year. How about I that? still can't forget Turbulent Week, right? Notre Dame, Clemson. Yeah. That minus, Clemson Travis minus Etienne five. getting run into a brick wall on every and play. And us still covering the the game, getting interrupted for the rally, right? God. Because that was election. And then was like, that whole like night was crazy, right? Because, yeah. yeah. Our guy Steve finally got to sleep that day. Kornacki. It's true. It's true. Um, all right. Recommendation time. Okay. What are your recommendations? Are you going first people? or you want me to go first? I'll let I you go first. first. By the way, this is a new segment, and I wanted to say this. Um, I've been trying to implement Aaron Nagler's recommendation. If you didn't listen to the last episode with Aaron Nagler, it was very, very good. He talks a lot about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. You can feel how you want to feel about him and the Packers, but he gives some real insight into that situation and gave a great recommendation. So I've been trying to, to put that into my routine. I found it very useful so far. Um, so you wake up in the morning. Close your well, eyes and say, I thank point, God for Eric. The point of a tease is so that people go listen to the other podcasts. Well, I don't think I gave enough of it away. Okay. I think I just But yes, it. I do wake up in the morning and say, thank God for Eric. That's been a constant in my life. Same, by the way. <laughs> um, okay. So here's a movie. It was one of the rare movies that I saw during the pandemic that came out during the pandemic. Remember how like there was like this dirt, like this big chasm of I, nothing coming out. I don't, because right? I don't really watch yeah, yeah. a lot of movies. But it's sure. on Hulu. I remember watching it the first time. It was um, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. It has um, Andy Sandberg, the guy from uh, Saturday Night Live, who's like hilarious. And um, I, like I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this was really cute. This was really good. Mm-hmm. And then I remember watching it the other day, like rewatching it. And realizing that it actually was a lot deeper and a lot, a lot even better. And why? Because when I first watched it, I wondered why it, it was nominated for things. Watch it again. You're like, okay, I can see why. It's a very good movie. Um, you know, and it's you know an hour and a half. Not not a huge investment of your time. You're two for two on movies now. I am. Well, because I'm. It takes me. I. It takes me forever to read books now. I used to be able to read like three books a week, but now I got kids and I get this job and I got my wife and it's like, I can read like a book every, I can read, I read like six books at a time and they all take me like two months to read. So like one recommendation station, I'm just going to rattle off like six books, but for now I haven't finished one okay. in a while. Actually, you know, so I have a recommendation here. I'm going to give you two because what you just mentioned is a, is a tricky thing. And I um, have been using, have you heard of Blinkist? Yes. So I, I forget how much it is uh, per year, which tells you something about a product if I can't even name how much it is, right? Yeah. And I use it. 
And what it does is it condenses, um, you know, books into like 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. And so what I do is I listen to one. Um, you can read them as well if you want to read them. But what I do is right before I'm going to bed, about 20 minutes, I start one and I, I listen to it as I like brush my teeth and wash my face and like, you know, make sure everything's ready to go before I go to bed. Um, and I like that quite a bit because it makes me feel like I'm continuing to learn things even if it's a really hectic day and I don't have a chance yeah. to do anything else. Um, but here's my, uh, here's my recommendation. It's summer, okay? You're trying to, people trying to get in shape. People can go out now. And uh, I'm gonna help you guys out. So you should probably be taking a protein supplement. <laughs> oh my God. God dang it. We're gonna turn this into ad copy. No, I'm, I'm only saying this because I use it. And look, I know if you go, if you're trying to like decide what to buy in the fitness space, may God help you. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking shit show, right? May God have mercy on your soul. Everyone has good marketing. Everyone tells you their shit's great. But there's a ton of like protein powder supplements that are garbage for you. And I have used a couple over the years. I've been trying to find um, one that I really, really like. But I'm going to give you a brand. It's called Promix, P-R-O-M-I-X. And I actually switched over to the vegan pr pea protein because it's, it's easier for me to digest. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I've been a whey guy my whole life, but they have both. Their, they have whey and pea proteins. They're both fantastic. I'm actually going to tell you what the nutritional facts say. Two scoops, uh, which is uh, the serving size, 115 calories, no fat, no cholesterol, 10 milligrams sodium, two uh, grams carbohydrates, no sugar, 25 grams protein. Wow. Um, the ingredients are for the pea protein organic Canadian yellow pea protein isolate and vitamin B12. It's soy, gluten, and dairy-free. It's about as clean a protein as you will possibly find out there. Um, and it actually, people will take pea protein and like be like, ah, oh, it's kind of tastes a little chalky. It's actually not bad at all. If you want a little secret here, you buy the chocolate and then you mix a little uh, peanut butter um, powder. Does in that there. stop it being vegan though? Well, I don't do that. You're myself. not, you're not, you're not a, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying if you are weaker, I, I see, you can I see, do I that. Okay. You can wean yourself on it. Okay. You just throw a couple of ice cubes, some water, you shake it up. You'll be good to go. But that's my recommendation for all you people out there. I'm trying to diversify. I'm trying to give you guys yeah. some legit recommendations. I feel and like this is one. I feel like that's gotta be tough when you're in as good a shape because you have to, I mean like, you know, I, I, I can imagine like trying to make sh like trying to keep things new is probably because you probably you're a very routine guy Driven person yeah yes and but like trying new things has got to be like scary for you because what you do works you know so right. you I don't make changes to things unless I feel really confident yeah. so I did anyways I also redid my routine just a couple weeks ago I, I well I know that you go to bed earlier it's now. my annual yeah. summer I take yeah. a piece of my routine and I. See, Get see, that's, I was always very red, like routine, regimented, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then and like, kids. and then I had kids. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, and also like, you know, in, in college and stuff, I had like a few girlfriends who were like, Eric, like you are going to, you know, you are going to twist yourself into a pretzel if you can't, yeah. you know, div you know, diversify your life a little. So like I was weaning off of being routine driven for a while. And then we had kids when I was in my mid twenties, I... I envy, you know, your, your, uh, stick-to-itiveness. Yes. To but I, I feel like I don't allow myself to put my, to put routines into my life as frequently because 
I'm the kind of person who, if I became religious about it, my kids, I would just resent my kids because they would like constantly screw up my routine. Yeah. And so I, I refuse to do that. But I do think when they get older and go to school or something, I will uh, go to college. I will join back to the, to the class. Well, I'll of, be ready to, to give you recommendations yeah. on that. I, you know what I'll do? I'm, I've got a ton of recommendations on, on this routine change. I'm going to save it for next episode. I've got a bunch of stuff for you. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be on Wednesday night. So you want to check it out. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, all those things. We appreciate all of you. Yep. And we'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Peace out.